Find the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Alpha. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to the In the Pattern Podcast, episode 77. This is Chris, and along with me tonight, I got the whole crew. How you guys doing? Mark, Brad, and Pilot Conway. What's going on, guys? Hi, nice to meet y'all. My name's John. Yeah, we haven't pod faded yet. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? We tried, didn't we? Uh, we'll uh, we'll see if we can redeem ourselves. Good to hear your voices. It's been too long, and it's totally our own fault. But uh, it's been too long, and uh, now let's uh, let's try and make up for that. It's uh, it's been a, it's been kind of a, a lousy year all the way around, but. Uh, we're uh, in the beginning of 2021 now. Um, I kind of want a refund and a do-over already, but uh, it's okay. We'll uh, we'll make the best of it and get going. You know, um, do not want to do 2020 over, man. No, no, we'll pass on all that 2020 had to had to offer, and uh, it it you know it's only up from here, right? So we got lots of things to look forward to. We won't make this political in any way. We're not going to talk about politics. We'll do our best to talk, uh, not talk about COVID. And uh, uh, it is an aviation podcast, believe it or not. So we'll try and do our best to talk about all things that fly, uh, what we've done uh, or not done uh, in that case, and fill in the gaps where we can. How's that sound? Fair enough? Let's do it. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, I think... Uh, our last podcast, honestly, was almost a year ago. So a lot's transpired, but unfortunately not a lot of flying for probably any of us. Um, um, some of us haven't flown for even longer than that. Um, I've, got, I've got out a little bit, uh, but a lot of other things have happened too. Became a grandpa again this year. Matter of fact, uh, just the, uh, the end, of, uh, end of last month. Congratulations. So, yeah. Number two, two granddaughters now, a two-year-old and a now almost a two-month-old. <laughs> so it's awesome. Not Some complaining. right there. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing. You'll enjoy it when it comes. I b- believe me. I love uh, love having them over and uh, getting them all riled up and spoiling the heck out of them and and handing them right back. back. Heck yeah, that's the best. Oh, and uh, when Grace, my old, our oldest one, you know. She, I'm, I'm pop pop, you know, she calls me, she says, a pop pop, a plane. Oh my gosh. The first time she said that I about lost it. I'm like, let's go, let's go to the airport. So, uh, um, one day, uh, a few months ago, matter of fact, my wife and I, uh, took, took her to the airport to actually see planes up close and, uh, went through like Culver's drive through and brought some food with us and sat up on the uh, deck at the Deer Valley airport and watched planes go by. And, and she was just enthralled she loved it she was just pointing them out left right and center so i think i've got one hooked already can't wait it can't wait to take her up for uh her first ride i uh i, I hear you there 
Owen has been very, very interested in airplane space, especially lately. And, um, you know, the deal I made with Lindsay was when he was three, at least, then I'd be able to take him up. And then, of course, everything happened when he was three. And now, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, he's four and a half and, and hoping I can get a BFR done at some point and or flight review now, I guess. And there you go. I still up. call them BFRs, too. I mean, because aren't they still? I, I, no. I, I've still never understood the reasoning behind changing that name. Uh, it Probably because it the is still biannual. every other year. Is it every other year or twice a year? <laughs> biennial is every other, but they wanted to encourage people to do it more frequently. Like you don't have to wait two years. No, absolutely. And like, uh, and and Mark can tell you if you're if you're a cap, you do it every year, right, Mark? Uh, yeah, you have to do it annual. Yeah. Every, uh, What's that called? It's a form something. Form five. Form five. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, speaking of that, Brad, how how's uh, how's your son doing in cap? He's doing great. Thanks. Uh, he is doing the cadet wings thing. So he's working through the sporties ground school that cap cadets get, um, and he uh, just was learning how to do ATC communications and we were talking all about airspace and he's learning all of the, the ins and outs of that and would love to get his, uh, get his private, uh, through CAP. The, the cadet wings program is a phenomenal deal. You pay, I think for us, a 172 is $20 an hour dry oh my gosh. <laughs> and a 180, wow. The 182, and these are glass, right? Yeah. So G1000 182 is $25 an hour dry. Wow. Um, and and the instructor is free. So you're basically paying fuel plus that hourly fee, um, and that's it to get your private certificate as a CAP cadet. You, you can't beat that with a stick, man. That is, that's the best deal in town. Um, right. You know, short of joining the Air Force, there's just no cheaper way to, to learn <laughs> how to fly. Hundred percent. I've been uh, I've been threatening to go over to our local CAP over at uh, over at Deer Valley and and sign up for years. And and some of my some of my older friends that are pilots that's been around a while is like, oh, that's the good old boys club. You'll never see the inside of that airplane. Blah blah blah. Uh, but a friend of mine um, through work, he's actually vendor support for our nimble storage um who uh who goes to church uh where i work and everything um signed up to be like one of the mentors or whatever you know an adult but he has no intention in flying or whatever but uh he's just one of the guys over there to help but he said he don't think that's the way it is at all so as soon as um uh, some of the restrictions lessen and they get back to more of a normal pace. Uh, I have full intention of going over there and checking it out for myself. Yeah. Our wing just went to, from phase zero, which is no unnecessary contact at all uh, through phase one to phase two. So now the, the cadets are super excited because they can meet again face to face at the squadron uh, and that's going to be huge. And Aiden's really excited because he's a, uh, he's a flight sergeant. And so he, he wants to drill and, and wow. do all the fun things. I've, uh, I remember when he first got started, it just seems like just a couple of years ago or so, but it, maybe it's been a little bit longer than that now. So he's, he's moved right up there. 
It's been three years, yeah, and he is. It you wouldn't recognize him. <laughs> he's, <laughs> well, he's taller than I am. Yeah, and <laughs> I've seen the pictures on Facebook. He's he's grown like a weed. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a big boy now. He's running all the time and just uber fit, and uh, he's gonna do either PJOC, which is the pararescue course, um, or uh, Hawk Mountain, which is the uh, sort of a ground rescue uh, course through CAP. So he's, he's looking forward to doing that. And, you know, eventually he'll be doing Blue Beret at Oshkosh and be one of the, the cadets out there waving sticks and guiding airplanes in. And just, it's it's fun to watch. These are fun years too. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and with that segue about Oshkosh, uh, real bummed that it didn't happen last year. Totally understand why, obviously. Um, and looking forward to it really happening this year. Um, here's what's funny, though, is that last year, uh, my whole family was going to go. <laughs> um, I know, right? I think they set you up. I know. What a scam. Um yeah, there was all all these plans. Like, first of all, our um, our daughter's in laws, Richard and Cindy, who we do all the camping and stuff with. Uh, they both retired last year, so they had this whole cross country adventure that they were going to do, dragging their fifth wheel all across the country, um, hitting up like ten or fifteen different baseball parks throughout the summer. You know. Watching different, uh, watching baseball at different parks, and and uh, one of the things was was that uh, you know I've talked about Oshkosh for so many years. They're like, yeah, how about we go this year and we'll we'll meet you and and we'd love to you know camp with you guys. I'm like, cool. So I told my wife, and she goes, yeah. So the deal was is that they were going. I was gonna like fly to Kansas City and visit my mom for a day or so, and uh, they would meet me there and, and, and park the RV at uh, her house out in the country, and then we'd leave the next morning and uh, head head up to Wisconsin. Um, and then uh, my wife would uh, um, fly up and meet us, and, and we were going to stay for the whole week and everything. So what a bummer. So hopefully we can repeat that enthusiasm and uh, make that happen this year. Yeah, that I, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. You know, I, we'll see what happens, but we're, we're all hoping. Yeah. I won't be surprised either way, but uh, if it happens, I'll have some choices to make. Cause I was planning on when Owen was five would be his first year. Oh. I was excited to have one more year without him, <laughs> uh, but he'll be five this year. So the question is, how dare I, you do I bite the bullet and, and do it this year? Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he is come, come summer. If I think he can handle, you know, a longer week camping and whatnot, that'll be kind of the, the trick is, is, is he still a little too young to do that? So I don't know. We'll see what, we'll see what happens, but just you two, not, uh, not Lindsay. No, I don't think she has any desire to ever really go up there. And I think yeah. that, uh, at this point she, um, and this became a problem this year is that she really likes the fact that she gets a week by herself with him <laughs> gone. And usually we can all like finagle him somewhere, like go with my mom too. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. It ends up being it. like each of us has our own little kind of week to ourselves, which is kind of nice. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the mm-hmm. deal we made, which works out really well for me. And I said, you know, eventually he'll, he'll just go with me if he's into it. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. That's he's cool. into planes, so he's into everything related to it, but it would be a very different Oshkosh if he comes with me. 
Yeah. It is a very, very different experience. Yeah, most I've definitely. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah, I, well, won't be, I won't be working it like I've tried to do in the past if he comes. That's the that's definitely the Well, you'll be working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't be trying to do a bunch of video stuff while I'm there. I'll do, I can do audio podcasts, but that's probably about as much as I can get done. In um what is it, April around here? Is it April, early April? I think it's early April. Yeah, we do Country Thunder, which is one of our events that we do camping at, you know, for for like three, four days. And, of course, that was canceled last year. And I have no expectations that they're going to do it this year, a live country music festival with, you know, 50,000, 60,000 people camping together for three, four days and, you know, in three more months. I doubt that's happening. Yeah. No, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. And Arizona is kind of is one of the hot spots, anyways. So we still we still suck at getting rid of this thing out here, I guess. So hopefully, you can start rolling out those vaccines soon, and then we can all yeah, get so together and hang out. My wife's been doing the um, um, COVID testing. Uh, she's yeah. uh, ASU rolled out the one that that's done by spit, and um, so uh, they, they've been they've been doing that. Uh, every day out at uh, the um, Cardinal Stadium. So she's been going out there on Saturdays and, and, um, and doing that part of it. Now they asked her to, to, to do the um, vaccine, um, but I'm not sure. And then they said, okay, well, no, we'll just have you do the testing still. So I don't know, it's back and forth. But So they, did, they got 24-7 vaccine at, at the Cardinal Stadium. Uh, you sign up online and get your slot, and it runs 24-7. So. But there's also, you know, that's just one testing area. I, I think they're getting ready to open up another one. There's probably others throughout the state, but that's just the one here in the Phoenix metro area. So hopefully they uh, get us to what we call a herd immunity sooner than later, right? Hopefully. Lindsay just yeah. got her vaccine. She gets her second dose here in a couple of weeks. So oh, good. We'll have, a, we'll have one of us protected at least. There you go. Um, I'm in the last group. So Is she- you, you might be a little after me. Yeah. Um, is she? Oh, she's an essential because because she's a teacher. Uh, no, she's or, she works at a doctor's office. Oh, okay. Um, so she's been um, she picked up a job in in August doing that. So she's kind of like friendly in there, meeting a lot of people and everything. So they she got in, got yeah. offered it, and took it up. So cool. It's good for us. I work from home anyway, so regardless, yeah. I, yeah. I was before all of this. So. Right. This I don't ever leave the house. It's this just normal. norm. It's just yeah. the norm for you. I just need to get my butt in an airplane, you know? There you go. Brad, you're still working from home too? Oh, yeah. yeah. I uh, just uh, banging on the internet connection all day like everybody else. We're, we're lucky in that we've got enough room that we each get an office uh, that's kind of isolated from everybody else so that we can just work and and not bug each other all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Aiden's here almost all the time doing remote school and, uh, and, you know, we're all just hanging out at home, beating up our internet connection, just like go. everybody else. I there think. You go. But, you know, the good news is my, my car loan is paid off and my car has less than 26,000 miles on it. <laughs> 
There you go. Yeah, that is that is one of the benefits for sure. How about you, Mark? You've been having to go into the office. You've been working from home too. No, I've been at home. It's which has been awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I I miss getting out and getting fresh air. I, I actually do go out. I, I get to go to the gym probably uh, two to three times a, a well. I got more than that. I go like four or five times a week. But I don't go to a traditional indoor gym like uh, CalFit or anything. So our CrossFit gym is a. Uh, is is in an industrial area and the doors are wide open. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, oh, I'm at okay, home yeah, all day. Yeah. Look at you with a nice weather. <laughs> yeah. It, it, well, me, you're like, no. It, it, hey, it gets cold here. It was in the it was in the you know high 30s for a couple days, but now it's yeah. I think it was like 75 today. So, <laughs> yeah, I hate you. dude, I, I was I was just back there. What with with Keith, we'll get to that later. And it was like in the 40s that morning. I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, the 40s in the fog, and then it, it gets yeah. it gets up in about another 10 degrees, and it all just burns right off. Yeah, we've had a remarkably mild winter, but it hasn't been 70s. But we haven't been below zero since like early December, which is astounding. Yeah, there was that one storm, and then it just stayed high, like everywhere. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, we were it's, we were seventy nine degrees a couple days ago. We so Aiden is, is also driving now, and so oh. he's on his learner's permit, and so we're driving along, and I we were driving past one of the big lakes out here, and like there's no cars on it in January, and normally by now you could drive a train across the things, but. But it's been so warm that nobody's willing to go out there, and we're not willing to be first. Yep, that's uh, that's that's uh, a good idea. Uh, I don't miss driving in the driving in the snowy, icy conditions. I grew up in Missouri, and I had a couple of accidents due to that stuff. So yeah, I'd feel it'd feel weird now if I drove up north to like Flagstaff or somewhere, and I was in the snow. And remember, turn into the skid. All that stuff. It, it's it's funny because you would think that no one here drives in the snow on the first snowstorm of the year. Dude, that's rain for us. We just we, just <laughs> we can't figure home. out how to drive in the rain. <laughs> so I, yeah. you know, I'm telling Aiden as he's learning how to drive. I'm like, look, first snowstorm of the year, I stay home. Let yeah. everybody find their ditch and there you go. Deal with it. Yeah, it's a good idea. Good it's idea. Like when fall comes temperature drops just a little bit and it's like all right parka time and then spring comes and it gets to like 45 and you're like oh shorts let's do this exactly <laughs> yeah we're out grilling yeah oh man well um back in uh back in march of last year i had uh, set a set um sabbatical um set aside at work so i had the whole hell the whole month off of uh, march planned and then this happened and basically, I had all these things on my schedule for what I was going to do during my sabbatical. And I, I went back home to Missouri and spent, you know, three, four days with my mom and my sister and my brother and hung out with them for a little bit. And then uh, flew back home. And then the next week, uh, Michelle and I took uh, the RV by ourselves uh, just up north to uh, Cottonwood and hung out for a few days and um, did, buy, did some... Uh, side-by-side razor action out in Sedona and just that area and just had a good time and came back and it was like, okay, country shut down. You're done. It's like, wow, this is just crap. You know, this isn't how my sabbatical is supposed to work. You know, I had all these plans. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, but, uh, 
I did I did actually get a flight in, which was kind of fun. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, Andy, who uh, Mark you've met because he he's flown to uh, Catalina with us. Uh, he's got a Bonanza A36, and he flies. He he's uh, out here in Phoenix, and uh, he was um, flying back from Colorado, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he was flying back from Colorado with uh, his kids. I think they were in Colorado doing some skiing. Uh, coming back, and um, basically just this front got ahead of him. And he was just like, there's no way I'm landing back at Deer Valley. And so he decided to uh, set it down overnight in Flagstaff. And uh, and his wife uh, drove up and picked him up and, and brought him back home. So that was unfortunate. Uh, but fortunate for me, he calls me up. And he goes, hey, Chris, do you have any, have any time or interest in flying me up to Flagstaff and dropping me off so I can get my plane? And I was like, well, it just so happens I've got nothing to do right now. So... Uh, I was on my sabbatical, and this had all happened, so I was like, sure. So um, I rented a plane the next day and flew up to Flagstaff and um, at uh, Greg Brown's airport and uh, nice. dropped him off. And uh, I, I here, this is funny. So I drop him off, uh, leave the plane run, and drop him off, taxi away. He goes inside to pay for some fuel and stuff, and then he's got to prep his plane and whatnot. Anyways, I'm taking off. I'm about Flagstaff, and I hear him on the radio uh, checking in with uh, Phoenix Approach, and he's he's about to fly. He, he's like maybe five, ten miles behind me, and uh, basically he beats me to Deer Valley before I make it to Glendale. <laughs> so the ven- <laughs> the venerable A36 just chewing me up. Yeah, they're not sluggish. Nah. Nice plane, nice plane, and uh, he ends up uh, he ends up selling his share in that plane. He had a he had a partner, and he ended up selling his share. And he just recently got a uh, Malibu, so he really stepped up. So he's now cabin class, uh, pressurized with air conditioning, and uh, he's loving life. So it's uh, a nice plane. Um, some nice avionics in it and uh i've just seen pictures haven't haven't uh flown with them yet but look forward to it uh maybe i can go do a be a safety pilot for him again and and uh get a little ride in it with him pretty pretty soon it's one of those planes that i could possibly convince my wife to fly in <laughs> it's got an air stair that's usually a big selling point yeah, yeah. So, Chris, I, I can say from uh, from firsthand experience, and in our neck of the woods, that that AC is going to be amazing. <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah. Especially you know down here, it's uh, uh, those those summer months. You know that that's nice as you're taxing and as you're as you're uh, coming back into uh, to the warmer weather. I mean, once you once you climb up to six, eight, ten thousand feet, no big deal. But uh, down there oh, in the lower oh, altitudes. Oh, oh no, then you just show off and just leave it on. <laughs> yeah, you can always do that for sure. So it, it's a hundred and ten thousand dollar overhaul that gets you. Yikes! Yeah, it's got that 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 big old I don't know what's on that I uh, I O five fifty or five forty something like that. One of those three hundred horse monsters. Yeah, so. and it's got the kitchen sink attached with pressurized <laughs> magnetos and just every possible thing. It, it's a huge, huge overhaul. 
Yeah, and with uh, with a pressurized airplane, uh, you've got to get um, you've got to do some sort of checkout every year on a plane that's got a, a that's pressurized for some reason. So that's a that's Most a different thing. Most insurance companies, yeah, it'll cost you. I think it's about seven eight grand to go. You know, you have to get yourself down to Florida, or there's another spot that does it. It might even be in Arizona uh, that'll do Malibu checkouts for for insurance. Mm. Yeah, he mentioned where he went, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I'll have to ask him again sometime. But uh, but now I talked to him the other day, and I asked him, so how many hours you got in it now? And he said he's got already like 80 hours in it. So yeah, it's it's not been sitting. So it's probably good for his insurance, I suppose. That's uh, that's something that I, I hear lately on all these podcasts and reading just how – insurance on airplanes have gotten just ridiculous so it's very 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 discouraging about being an aircraft owner one day is is all these insurance companies and how much they're charging it's just made it really unaffordable it yeah ours at the club went up 25 30 percent and even then we had to uh because of the accident that we had we had to put in additional checkouts for like the the retracts so there's an annual checkout for the Saratoga, um, but then there's some other high, and and you need 500 hours to fly it, um, and then there's some other checkouts for the Arrow, um, and that's on top of the 25 or 30 percent increase in our insurance premiums. Ouch! So does that uh, when it works when it does that when when you do that for a club does is everybody's rate different or is it one? rate for the club and everybody pays their portion how's that work it it's one rate for everybody um and so the way that they work it is they say okay well only club members can be pic um and then certain their qualifications for cfis in order to check people out and then um they just set the rules for if you're going to act as a club if you're a club member and you're going to act as pic these are the requirements that you that you have to have. So we're, like I said, for the Saratoga, you have to have 500 hours and an annual checkout and the checkout's like three hours. So wow. you know, you're, you're looking at with, when you add in the cost of the CFI, it, it's going to cost you $750 a year to fly the Saratoga before you start taking it anywhere. <laughs> Yikes. Right? Cause you got that CFI with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it it's an it's it's an impediment, but it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's still a, the cheapest way to get time into Saratoga, um, and it's a it's a nice speedy airplane and all. But you know, it it's not awesome. Has is that is that what you uh, still been flying a little bit of, or you've been back and forth? I haven't. In, in so my Saratoga checkout expired. I want to say in August of 2020 and I didn't fly it at all during the year because there was no reason to pile six people into an airplane um, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere to go. So, uh, I let it expire and I haven't, I haven't renewed it yet. Um, because the same rules apply. Like there's, there's not a lot of good places for me to be able to go, uh, at this point. So I'm kind of just holding on it. I've, I've also, my, my, instrument has uh, expired. I'll need an IPC 
the next time I want to fly IFR um, because, you know, all the same reasons. It was just kind of pointless to, to try to maintain instrument currency through all of this craziness. Um, uh, but I've kept my club membership and I've gone up. I went up four, four or five times and I, I did my BFR in 2020 uh, and got that out of the way. And I just renewed my medical with basic med. Um, it just a couple weeks ago in January. Um, and just like your experience, Chris, it was just super trivial. I just went in on my normal, um, on my normal annual physical yeah. I get through health insurance. I handed him the forms, the doctor checked all the boxes, you know, we did the exam, uh, signed it off. I did the thing through AOPA and, uh, you know, did the quiz, sent in the paperwork, and that was that. There you go. Was that his first one, or had he done others? He had never done it. Yeah. Um, and it was it's the first time I've ever done it, too. I've always done a third or second class medical. Um, but since I have no immediate plans to fly to Canada, and that's the only benefit that the second class gets me, or the third class gets me over basic med, um, I figured, what the heck, I'll just do that. And if I do in the future decide to go to Canada, um, I'll just get a third class then. There you go. Yeah. 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 I, I think I'll just continue down the, uh, down the same path too. Um, I don't, I don't have a benefit either as far as going through the normal steps. Hey, Hey Brad, can, can you, can you fly IFR with the basic med? You sure can. Interesting. Um, anything up to 6,000 pounds maximum gross weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, what was the, yeah, 6,000 pounds. You can still do all the complex and high performance. Um, yep. Six seats is the only limit. You can't do, you can't do seven. So we had to get an STC for the Saratoga because it's technically registered as a seven seat aircraft. Mm-hmm. Even though we don't have a seventh seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you can do you can do VFR, IFR. Um, really, the the only restrictions are the places that'll recognize it, um, and and that's just uh, the Bahamas does allow it, but Canada does not. Right. You can do uh, seven people in that Saratoga and enough fuel to make it all the way down the taxiway and back. Actually, no. If the the rule with the Saratoga weight and balance is, if you can close the door, you're probably good to go. Really? Wow, that's pretty yeah. impressive. I know the Cherokee Six was kind of like that, but I didn't realize the Saratoga, considering it was a retrack and has that extra heavy weight of the of that. You know, I actually maxed out the Six with with five two hundred pound guys and half <laughs> tanks. Well, doggone it! You're only supposed to be 170 pounds, aren't you? And yeah, that, I know. And that, and, and, what the, and that what the FAA thinks. <laughs> and I, it was so close to takeoff weight, I had to remove the sixth seat from the <laughs> aircraft so that we were light enough to be inside the envelope. There you go. Um, but it flew great, um, and and it gave us no trouble. Um, but the Saratoga is just insane, like what it what it can hold. Um, That's and, a great aircraft, and, and they look good. It looks good, you know. It it it's super inefficient, right? It's the same engine that's in your friend's A thirty six, but it's thirty knots slower. Yeah. Well, um, 
And it glides like a manhole cover. <laughs> or a minivan, however you want to think about it. It looks like it would do better than that to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the T-tail versus... Um, I don't know what you call you know a lower tail. It's got the low tail on it. Um, oh, it does. I thought they were T tails for some reason. No, what the am I Arrow thinking of? Fours are the T tailed. Are the Arrow yeah. fours and the Piper Tomahawks are there? I mean, Tomahawks are the um, are the T tails in the Piper family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's got the low tail. It's just it's got this huge thick wing, which is what gives it all that load. Oh, yeah, um, that's it. And wow does it drop out of the sky when you pull the power back and 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 comes to a screeching halt when you throw the gear out it yeah it it sure does it actually it actually uses the same gear as our arrow um which is why the arrow can hardly climb at all when their gear is out because it's got gear for a plane that's a thousand pounds heavy. yeah i um um about midway midway through last year, I decided to go get rechecked back out at uh, Angel Aviation, which is who I used to rent from years ago. But their rates slowly kept creeping up and creeping up, and I was like, ah, you know, for as little as I fly, I want to make sure uh, it's it's cheap, you know. I, uh, so um, I decided to move to a different um, flight school at uh, at Glendale and. Uh, then I just decided, you know what? For five, it was only five dollars difference because they had ended up raising their rates. So the difference between it was 130 or 135, and and what the 135 got me was a better maintained airplane with a lot better avionics. That's that's uh, kept in a hangar, and that means a lot. It's it's definitely worth a lot more than just five bucks at the end of the day. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that just having it in the hangar, just for how yeah. cool, how much cooler it would be, would probably be worth more than five bucks. Yeah, that's true. Especially yeah, if you're going and getting it when it's when it's hot outside, it's being in the hangar. It's nice for doing your getting some of your pre-flight out of the way while it's underneath there, and um, and it's got uh, it's got the um, uh, what is it the GTN um, 650 in it. Oh, the 650 isn't that nice. It's a really nice um, touchscreen, you know, um, moving map radio. You know, that's it. I I still haven't learned all the ins and outs of it, and, and clearly I I'm not instrument rated, so there's a lot to learn. But uh, just for the other stuff of just for like you know tapping to go between frequencies and stuff, radios. I mean, um, there's a, a lot of stuff that's really nice about that. Yeah, there, there's a lot. They've learned a lot in the last quarter of a century about UI design and yeah. put it into that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember, John, you remember um, when, when we went and flew in the, in the Mooney with, uh, who was that at Osh? Um, with Ken Shook? Ken, yeah. And his had the GTN 750. Um, I remember him doing audio commands to it. He would like... They do have an audio panel that is voice... Um, Oh, it's voice recognition. Okay, so it's in the audio panel that's slaved into the uh, GTN to where he could say something, and it would either change frequencies or I forget what all he was doing with it. But I thought that was slick, really slick. I've seen it at, but only ever at the demo booth. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it in the. I haven't flown in a plane that has it. Well, I have to maybe if uh, 
if we all get to Osh again and Ken's there with, with his uh, Mooney, we'll have to have him take you up in it. I thought that was pretty slick when he did that. Um, it was it was fun on the approach. Yeah. Because I'd never done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Real cool. Real cool. Um, yeah, so got checked back out. They've got Angel Aviation's got two really nice 172s. They just got a 152. And I've been like, huh, never flown in a 152. So I keep thinking about going to get checked out in it. And during the last two months, they've been having a um, a sale, a COVID sale, if you will, you know, of, uh, hey, we're going to discount, you know, because we know, you know, people aren't out here flying as much as they want. So basically, I've been renting the 172 for 94 bucks an hour wet. Wow, that's a pretty nice deal. Wow. Right. That's yeah, that's crazy cheap. I know, huh? And I think the 152 is like 70 something now, you know. So. So what's your excuse for not having like 40 hours done? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> And I've got people begging me left, right and centered to to split, you know, to to pay for their half or whatever. Let's go places, so you know. I don't know. I've so never had that. <laughs> I got all kinds of people at work and stuff wanting wanting to go, and and I've actually offered recently on some of them, but most of them are like, hey, let's just wait till the COVID situation settles down. So even though I've been back to work since uh, ever since April first, I, I I haven't uh, we haven't worked at home since since uh, everybody kind of went back to work around April, I think. So it's a uh, business as usual for us. Yeah, not not here. The downtown is like a ghost town. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different there, there's a lot of people like my next door neighbor works for Honeywell. He's a he's a um an engineer. Uh I forget what area he works in, but it's avi- it it's it's avionics uh, related. Yeah. yeah, it's aerospace and his whole team's been working from home. I was just talking to him tonight after I got home and They've been they've been at home ever since March, so they've been at home almost a year. And he says he said that the um, it was either the CEO or president. He said he's very conservative, and he said they're just you know they're erring on the side of caution. And more and more people that have to be at work for manufacturing purposes keep coming in with COVID, so it's more reason to keep more and more people to stay at home. So. He goes. I don't. He goes. I don't know when. Or it, he goes. They've never talked about us coming back to work yet. So is what it is. Um, yeah, I imagine a lot of people aren't going to. Yeah. And my work is, is totally open to, you know, if you have any reason that you want to stay at home, they're okay with it too, if, if, if you can do your job from there. So that's been pretty cool of them. And the wife was like, get him the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I'm useful. Other times I just make messes. <laughs> uh what else been going on anybody got any any uh cool stories from the last year they want to want to share anything even not specifically related to flying anything else going on any other adventures we got new upholstery in the in the dakota hot damn it's got uh leathers they, they put in a g5 two g5s oh yeah um, because the ai failed on my flight to uh florida that's what the Cessna that has the uh, GTN 650 has in it also is the two G5s. The G5s, yeah. I, I haven't flown it since, but they... Suction, they zero. Take it back. 
They, uh, yeah, they, they're pretty sweet. I did fly in at one time. Um, and they're, they're pretty sweet and easy to work with and just not having to worry about the whole vacuum panel failure, partial panel thing. Yeah. Ever again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So nice. (laughs) I, uh, I, I actually wonder if they're going to pull it from when they're going to pull it from the instrument rating. Um, because eventually there just aren't going to be planes that have vacuum instruments anymore. Yeah. And there really is no point to that partial panel exercise because they only ever fail the vacuum instruments. And if you don't have a vacuum system, you know, that's kind of arbitrary. That's like, how long was it before they pulled, um, what was it from the instrument um, rating? Um, Loran. <laughs> well, something a little bit more recent. What was it? Was uh, it ADF or a- something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ADFs. Yeah, NDBs. Yeah. Right. There you go. NDBs are still around, mm-hmm. but I had to do, I had Loran questions on my instrument knowledge test. Yeah. And Loran's been, de- had been decommissioned for like. Right. Yeah, I feel like when I did my private is when they were like phasing those questions out. Cause like a lot of the study guides still had them. Yeah. I remember that too, a little bit. See in October, um, me and uh, some friends from work, uh, um, mountain climbed uh, Mount Humphreys up in Flagstaff, the tallest peak in Arizona. Uh, and How I can tell is that 12,633. Ooh, uh, that's real. That's, yeah. that's a little higher than what we have here in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and doing that on a, on a, on a whim as, Hey, anyone want to go do this this weekend? I, I think it's the last chance we're going to get before the weather gets too bad. They're like, sure. And I'm like, let's go. So I, I loaded up the RV and a couple of us uh, went up there and we stayed the night. We camped overnight uh, to get acclimated to the, the, the um, altitude. However much that helped us because we were at about 8,000 feet but, you know, so that was better than starting at 2,000 feet, I guess, you know. So I don't know how much how much that helped us. But let me tell you, um, once we got I, – once I was above, like, 9,000 feet, I could, I could walk maybe, I don't know, 100 yards, and I was winded, and I had to sit down. It's like your body and muscles are starving for oxygen at such – a horrific rate that especially when you're out of shape and this isn't something that you've you've ever done or even came cl- it's not like i started by like hey let's go climb a four or five thousand foot peak or an eight thousand foot peak no nah, no nah, let's just go from you ain't ever done anything like this to just climb the tallest one that that's in arizona let's just go with that yeah that doesn't sound trivial and my body's like, well, you're an idiot, and you're gonna pay for that for the next week so we we summited it we made it it was it was hardest thing physically I've ever done in my life. Um, I'm, uh, I'm glad we done it. It was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Once we got above the tree line, then there was 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. And it was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of between 30 and 40 degrees, depending on if you were in or out of the sun or shade or whatever, and how much wind was blowing. And, so you didn't uh, really need a jacket? Yeah, I had all the jackets on. Um <laughs> I look like the abominable snowman trying to get up, and the wind just trying to drag you off the mountain because you've got so much bulk out there. It was crazy. And then I see people up there in shorts, in shorts, yeah. and like, and just like a, 
just like a long sleeve shirt. And I'm like going, are you crazy? How did you get this high wearing this? I mean, someone just dropped you off from Alaska? I didn't get it. It was nuts. Um, my knees were just uh, mush. Um, I was I was limping hard for the next week. Uh, but uh, that being said, I kind of want to do some of it again because there's a uh, B-26 on the side of the mountain that's been there for years uh, that crashed into the mountain long, long, long time ago. And uh, some of it's still there. Some of the wreckage is still there. So I'd like to go hunt down and find that. So like that'd be neat. Yeah. Kind of like when you do the dives of like the old yes. you know, World War II wrecks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there's like chunk of the fuselage and most of a wing from pictures that I've seen online. I don't know how most of it's gone, gone other than it must've hit at a, at a, at a pretty good clip to just maybe just get obliterated. I don't know, but, but uh, I've seen a few pics online. So I want to go up and see it, see it in person. And, and these guys that uh, hiked with me were, were down for that. So maybe we'll go do that again. Definitely don't have to get uh, to 12,633 feet to go see it. It's, I think it's around the nine, 10,000 foot area. So that's uh that's in the plans. Maybe we'll go do that uh after uh, the snow melts and it warms up a little bit, maybe around uh June. Well, on a similar note, Aiden and I went up uh on the north shore of Lake Superior and hiked about 30 miles of the uh Superior hiking trail and it's on our quote-unquote mountains, I'm using quotation fingers, um, which are probably, I think the peaks are 2,600 feet. So, you know, pretty comparable. Yeah, um, I gotcha. But I, we it's, did all, do, it's all relative. We did, yeah, we did have a 5,000-foot elevation day. Wow, um, okay. One of those days, because uh, it's just up and down and up and down and up and down um, from the, basically the shoreline of the lake, all you know, up which is 570 feet up to 2,600, um, and that kicked my butt pretty severely. Uh, <laughs> that was really really hard. The second night, the first night that we were out, we Aiden, there there was some rain that came in just as we were finishing cooking dinner, and we got in the tent and ate our food and that was fine and, and kind of took a nap. Um, and then Aiden woke up and he was convinced it was the next morning, but it was only like eight o'clock at night. Um, the second night <laughs> we, yeah, the second night we had dinner at five o'clock and at five fifteen we crawled into bed and we slept until seven thirty the next morning. <laughs> I have never slept that long in my life. That's what fatigue will do to you right there. Holy cow. I could not believe it. I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I I meant to take a nap. (laughs) I I had no, I mean, I knew I was completely gassed, but I didn't think that there was any way that I could sleep for 14 hours. Um, But yeah, we did. So we did three days on the trail. uh, And luckily we were going to do four and we just kind of humped it out the last day 
and kind of glad that we did because they had this hellacious storm that came through. It was blowing 70, um, and the temperature fell and terrible storms and all of this stuff. And we were much happier to be back down here and, and under a solid roof than uh, in a tent where we pr probably would have had a fairly awful experience. So that was our, that's been our camping adventure. We're, we're looking forward to doing some more of it. I've been doing a lot of fitness work over the winter to just to try to get into a little bit better shape so that I don't die. Hey, rest, round is a shape. It's fine. Round is a shape. <laughs> Boy, I could use that too. Could use that too. I just need the motivation of someone else to do it alongside me. I have, I'm, I have, I, I'm not opposed to it. I'm just opposed to it solo. I need someone else's motivation. Other people's airplanes crew had a little group going. We're got a little Slack channel. We've been <laughs> trying to keep each other honest on uh, fitness stuff. So yeah, nice. Need to, need to do the same thing. See if you had an Apple Watch, you can do those competitions, and then you could, uh, you know, compete against oh. each other. No, I need that. doing some of I those. Need someone and... next to me. I went went mountain biking the uh, day before yesterday with my buddy. I got we got a whole bunch of uh, state trust land right behind us, and a little um, mountain or hill or whatever. And there's just all kinds of like trail out there. So got my buddy over here, and we went out riding a little bit the other day. So I told him I go. There is no excuse that I can't get up an extra hour and a half early in the morning and go go out there and go ride for 45 minutes and come back other than no props I, before noon other than i don't want to <laughs> by myself <laughs> you don't turn a prop before noon come yeah, on I know. <laughs> same goes for exercise right uh so well we'll try it remember every every what is it every seven pounds get you never another gallon of gas so Six, so okay. but who's counting? It's only six? Okay. Seven, seven's water. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. There you go. So you all remember my buddy Franz and the Mooney. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Does he need uh, new gas tanks yet? Oh, no. <laughs> gas tanks are good. His, his plane was in the shop. <laughs> um, but it was such a good deal. No, no, he 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 had he he bought a bunch of avionics. He put it oh, in the yeah. he put it in the shop to get new avionics. He got a GTN seven fifty. He got the new Garmin autopilot that just came out. He got uh, the the whole great big JPI uh, engine monitor system and stuff. His new panel is gorgeous, right? Um, hardly any round cages left in this thing. It, it's amazing. Um, but what should have been about a 90-day turnaround turned into almost a year and almost a lawsuit. So he, he, he takes it to a Garmin-authorized dealer out here. I won't say their name. But like the most well-known Garmin installer uh, avionics shop here in, in our area. And apparently they were having a bad year. Um and not just COVID-wise, but well, well before COVID. All right, because this this started in 2019, not 2020. Um, I think he gave it to him in October of 2019, and they got shut down for different reasons. Like uh, they didn't have a authorized repair manual for his airplane, which means you're not allowed to work on that airplane because they got like visited by the FAA or somebody. So they got shut down by that. They 
that apparently they uh, um, had some management turnover, this and that, and all kinds all kinds of other things. But finally got done, and it is gorgeous. It is it's uh, it's quite the machine now. But uh, I'd hate to. I, I haven't asked uh, of what that bill cost, and I, 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 I'm scared to even know. But um, I know he worked out something with them, considering how long that they had it longer than they were supposed to, and th- they gave him a little bit of restitution on that. So as long as that, long as it's back and flying, and and he's happy with the outcomes, all that really matters. But he was really bummed to be without his plane for so long, especially because he does use it for work quite a bit. So. Yeah, oof. did he did he get his instrument? No, but now it's quite the machine for that. He's he's very ready for that to start happening. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, with that new autopilot that'd be a joy. Yeah. Can you you know which one I'm talking about? I don't know the model, but if I showed you the picture of it, you're like, oh, that's that one that's in all the new planes. I forget what it's called, but yeah, they, there's two levels, but the one that would go in the in a Mooney. Um, I, I I know which one it is, and I can't remember the model number yeah. either. But it's it's very very nice. It's a yeah. super capable autopilot, um, and they're so cheap compared to just a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, I bet, I bet. I know it like six eight grand, I think. Mm. Um, and they used to be like you know twenty thirty. Wow, yeah. So he he's super happy with it. I I see it show up on my um um my my app that says that uh, Niner Niner Hotels you know just departed Deer Valley whatever I forget what what app that was that I follow a few people on FlightAware. Yeah yeah there you go FlightAware. Yeah I follow a few people to check out when they're leaving and going and stuff like that it's just so I can be extra jealous. It doesn't help. That jealousy, one bit, I tell you. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then recently, uh, Mark's friend from Sacramento, Keith, is now my friend from Arizona because he moved down here uh, last year. And uh, uh, during the summer, he went up to Sacramento and brought his Cirrus down. So he has a partner in that Cirrus up there. And he, uh, he flew a Cirrus down, and um, I flew with him a couple of times to kind of show him the airspace, and we dropped into a few different airports, and um, I don't, I don't, nah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think we did the Bravo transition, but we didn't, but uh, no, we didn't at the time. But uh, we went around the valley and went up north to Sedona in it and all kinds of different places and stuff. And, and it was nice because I think it was like June or something like that. So it was nice having a plane with air conditioning to go do, to go do that in. Um, and then he took it back up there. And then recently he decided that uh, he was just going to buy his partner out. So he, so he, uh, bought his, uh, he bought his partner out and flew up there. And I said, hey, uh, you mind if I uh, buy an airplane ticket to come to Sacramento and fly it back with you? And he said, no, that'd be great. So I uh, I, I grabbed a Southwest one-way ticket to Sacramento, um, 7.30 in the morning flight, and uh, got there at about 8.30 local time. And by like 11.30, we were en route back to uh, back to Phoenix. We we're trying to meet up with Mark, but unfortunately, he had uh, some other business to attend to that morning. <laughs> Sucker. 
Yeah, I was pu- I was pushing them. I had to sign some documents, and I was pushing it. Usually, it takes a half hour to do it, and this time it took an hour and a half. And of course, right. So when you guys are texting me, are you close? You like? I'm like, no, dude. I got another probably another half hour to go. I'm like, oh, and Keith's like, that's it. We're out of here because he he because he filed. So so I asked I asked Mike. Well, you know where my house is. Just fly over my house. <laughs> fly over and honk the horn. Exactly. Cycle the prop. Wow, you know, yeah. So that was a blast because uh, it was like I said, it was about forty some degrees when we got there. Super, uh, it was very cloudy and some fog and stuff. So filed IFR and uh, and took off. And I remember like when Brad, when we left uh, Oshkosh that time, uh, we, we were straight IFR for most of that trip. You remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. This one was not exactly like that. We were we were I, IFR solid for a while, then out of the clouds, then back in the clouds, and out of the clouds, and then for the most part we were between layers um, for a good portion of the time. But uh, it, um, that uh, has a great autopilot in it. Um, it has um, TKS, so it has the de-ice fluid that weeps onto the wings, and it also spits it from the prop all over the windshield, so it keeps the windshield from icing up. And we were at negative eight degrees Celsius, so it was cold enough that we had some light rime ice um, forming on the on the edges of the wings, but that uh, T- TKS was was keeping up with it, no problem. And um, we uh, filed and got up to fifteen thousand feet. Uh, had the oxygen on the cannulas. Um, had a little portable O2 tank that we were on, and uh, we were. We were at 15K all the way to about Prescott. Um, flew right over top of uh, Las Vegas. I mean, right parallel with the Strip and McCarran Airport, which was pretty cool to see from that altitude. Um, and about the time we got to um, Prescott, Arizona, we were uh, starting to touch the red on the uh, on the oxygen. So uh, we turned off the oxygen and called ATC, and they brought us down to 11,000 feet. Uh, and then after we cleared those mountains on down to nine and, and right into Glendale and everything. And, uh, I, I, I don't know how long it would take to drive that. I'm guessing 12, 14 hours from Phoenix to drive to Sacramento. Easily. Cause I've done, I've done from Sacramento to Vegas on a business trip and it took me 12 hours. Okay. Although I had to go over to Reno and then down 395 down to Vegas, but it was still 12 hours. So okay. to go from so 14 Vegas, more 14 or 15, probably a solid. Yeah. So we did it in three hours and 40 minutes in the Cirrus. I love that airplane, <laughs> dude. We were, we had a nice tailwind though for a good portion of it. At one point we were indicating a hundred or not indicating well across the ground. Uh, we were going across the ground at 195 knots. Um, and, but on average, we were in the 170s for the most part um, in level flight. And then when we dropped down from from 15 to 11, we were doing 200 like 14 knots across the ground. So, right. Yeah. So man, what a great cross country uh, machine as far as that goes. It uh, it uh, it does that job well. It's super comfortable and and it'll get you there in a hurry. I did have to go pee about the time I hit uh, Las Vegas though. So. I was glad I was in a fast plane because I didn't have my little John with me, and there was nowhere to pull over. That 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 makes me laugh because that was us <laughs> on the way back from Oshkosh in 2019. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we need to set down because 
we're gonna have a mess in your plane here pretty soon. Then we, we <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bio breaks, you know. Those long legs, man. I yeah. uh, I took Aiden to Fort Collins, Colorado, a couple of years ago for, at the Air Force Academy for a CAP thing, and it was it was a five hour hop each way. Oh, dude, that is so long to be in a plane. That that's brutal. You, yeah. you, you got to plan at least one stop in there. The turnaround, um, you know, it was the five hours there and then the five hour nonstop home on oh. the same day that that got a little stale. The general public has no idea that most that these planes can can fly that long. Um, for the most part, when I when I tell someone, we're like, well, how far? How, yeah, I was like, and first of all, when we landed, we had half tanks. Um, so I'm like. They once they get up, they are super efficient. You know, when you're climbing, burning twenty gallons an hour, 20, that looks really, really bad, hour. right? Yeah. That looks really bad. But once you get cruising and you're doing two hundred miles an hour and you're doing eleven gallons an hour, do, do that math. You know, what else can you? There's nothing that you can you can get on the ground that can do that. Yeah, in a normally aspirated uh, IO five fifty. Yeah, right. Not a turbocharged. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm glad that it's back here now. He's uh, working on trying to find a, uh, a hangar. Um, those are in short supply around here. So he's got his name on all the lists uh, at, uh, at Deer Valley. Um, right now, I think he's got it over at his buddy's hangar in, over at Glendale. So um, look forward to showing him around uh, more of the valley. I, I did take him up uh, in the 172 uh, last month, I th- yeah, no, no, the, the we're still in January, aren't we? Um, I took him up, uh, yeah, the first Saturday of the month, uh, January second, uh, and we did the pancake breakfast flight uh, over to uh, Coolidge, which I've done numerous times. So uh, he had a whole, he had a lot of fun doing that because we did the whole, we did the Bravo transition, so he's familiar with that now. And then flying into Coolidge can be, you know, a cluster, you know what, or it can be great. It just depends on how many people was coming. And I was really surprised there was at least 75 planes that probably showed up. Um, and it's a non-controlled airport. So you just kind of weave your way, mesh your way, you know, into the traffic and, and make your calls and make them often. But let's make sure everybody knows where you're at. And it's uh, it's always been safe. I've never seen any accidents. So it turned out real good. Um so he's he, he's he's looking forward to to doing that one a, a few times throughout the year too. So well, it's uh here we are at the end of January. Um, uh, that 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 sale over there at uh, at uh, Angel Aviation for the COVID sale that they extended through January. I better go uh, make use of it one more time uh, before the end of the year. You know, uh, what's funny is that um, I think it was was that oh. Towards yeah, I was back in October. Um, I wanted to go get night current, um, and so I, I I told my wife I, I was like, hey, I'm gonna go to to Glendale and uh, get a plane and go get night current. Um, and she's getting off work. I said, you want to meet me over there? And before before that before sunsets, um, we can do a few laps around the pattern, you know, to watch the sunset. She's like, cool. So she's never done that before. So she met me there, and we we uh, we got the plane up, and I think we did, uh, according to my logbook, three touch and goes before uh, no light. 
Um, and then I dropped her off and then uh, taxied back out. And then I did uh, four uh, stop and goes um, to get night current. Unfortunately, that's October. So October 12th, November 12th, December 12th, January 12th. I'm out of currency again. I never even got to use it. <laughs> it yeah, that's every time. what happened to me. With, I, I waited until about October and I, I went up and did my three and then, hmm. Yeah. I really like night flying too. I do too. And we've got a lot of night up here this time of year. Yeah. Starts around four o'clock, huh? You know, in, in end of December, it does. It's, it's a little bit longer now. I think yeah. we've, we've got seven and a half, maybe even seven forty-five of daylight. Um, but you know, it's dark when we get up in the morning and it's dark by, by the time we have dinner. So. Yep. Well, getting a little bit longer every day, a few more minutes added of daylight every day, I guess. So anyways, looking forward to, uh, uh, maybe taking advantage of their special rates, and who knows, maybe they'll extend it out another month. That'd be really nice because uh, there's no excuse at that price that I don't I, I don't get a few more uh, a few more flights in. I'm really disappointed. I mean, for for 2020, um, for 2020, I got all of uh, 4.9 hours in. That's just disgusting. Let's see if we can d- at least double that in this year. <laughs> it's better than mine. Yeah. Conway, you need to find a find need to find another pilot friend and go uh, split some time with. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I need to find an affordable airplane around here. He needs to move. There you go. Yeah, that's that's the that's the real thing. Could be one solution. Yeah. Any airport properties up there? I uh, there's a few on the eastern shore of Maryland. Um, about probably forty fifty minutes from here. Yeah. Um. But it adds a whole bunch of complication going over the Bay Bridge and then being stuck over there. So <laughs> it's because uh, it's on the other side of Chesapeake Bay. So, I mean, there's a few, but it's still just, you know, we're, we're near D.C. and Baltimore and everything else. So it's kind of like stuck. Um, my my, uh, you know, my solution to the flying problem eventually is just to it's figure out how plane. to get a garage and build something. There you go. So, you know, in 20 years, I'll be flying again. <laughs> you got plenty of time to think about it. Well, I mean, by the time oh. I can get a I can get a garage, you know, I'll have a helper in the house. So There you go. You can you can help me build it. He's in he's into oh, that dude. kind of stuff. I have faith in in He would love that, it, I bet. Yeah, his interests are definitely in building things in, in he's huge. I mean, he's so big into space right now, it's not even funny. Like he can tell you all the planets, all the dwarf planets, he knows about <laughs> the Kuiper belt. Um, wow. literally we had a meltdown the other night after watching we were watching I forget what it was. Lindsay was out and she was coming home late. So we did our books and songs like we usually do every night. And so, you know, we read some of a space book. We have this giant book that Lindsay had got me years ago. That's like all this like three foot book of pictures. <laughs> and um, it's all like Mercury and space shuttle and everything. So he's all into that. And so we started watching some space shuttle like launches and landings cause on YouTube. Cause he's like, oh yeah, he's like eating it up. And then he's like, do they still make the space shuttle? And I was like, well, no, they kind of stopped. And like nine years ago, they stopped flying them. You know, they have some new stuff coming up. And then the look on his face, he's like, but... <laughs> but I want to fly on the space shuttle and like this, like look of pure devastation. 
Oh. Then the space shuttle wasn't flying anymore. You're and like, let like, me introduce you to Elon Musk. Well, then I was like, hey, look, here's this video of, of the Dragon capsule. And like, look, there's the astronauts in there. And then we started a tour of the ISS video. And like, I, I kind of got him back a little bit. But it was like, yeah. he was so crushed that he couldn't fly the space shuttle. So my, my goal for this year... If anything, I don't know if I, I doubt that I'll be able to actually get back up flying this year. Maybe in, in 2022, it might happen. But my goal is to take him to the space, uh, and Space Center, both of them, if I can. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping by summer they'll, they'll be starting to open up some stuff like that. So there you go. Um, I think he'll have a blast seeing not only the space stuff, but definitely the airplanes, too. Because every time we talk about airplanes, he's kind of into it. And I've taken him. I took him to Andrews a couple years ago, and he liked that. So very cool. There's hope for him. Udvar Hazi is an amazing museum. Oh, that was my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was like eight year old Mark running around there. It was amazing. <laughs> I was uh, my I was so thankful that my my daughter and son in law surprised me and took me there when I was visiting them. But uh, it was awesome. I think I I took you know 400 pictures on my phone just and they're right. like they're like do you need another picture of this dad yes <laughs> yeah. I, I need it from this angle you know it's and then i have the sr and the space shuttle in the background yes. behind the sr and i'm like yes and i got about 30 pictures of that and yeah seeing awesome. the space shuttle up that close was just incredible um the the size of that thing is is pretty impressive huge oh, and seeing i was there when they did the swap of enterprise and discovery mm-hmm and seeing the two of them nose to nose. Oh, what a cool picture that would have been. That'd be was awesome. So incredible. Yeah, it was. Seeing the individual tiles with serial numbers on them that close. So uh-huh. cool. So cool. Um, yeah, we went there on, on, a, on a work business trip and, yeah, a couple of years ago. And, and uh, that was, I was like, we got to go see this. So I took my, took my team there and, and they were just in awe. But unfortunately we hit it towards the end of the day and we like, we were doing like what you, Mark, we were like running from one place to the other, trying to see everything at the whole, you know, with the little bit of time we had, I think we only had about an hour and a half or so, which is probably about an hour longer than uh, most of my family would bother checking it out. But I think we were we walked around for probably three hours, and I could have spent another by myself, probably yeah. at least another two to three hours in there. One of the cool things is that uh, part of the center is actually going up in their their tower, uh, and you can clearly see Reagan oh. in the distance. Okay, it's I Dulles, didn't know that was yeah. a thing. or Dulles, yeah, yeah Dulles. sorry, um, but you could clearly see it, and they actually were piping in. Uh, um, oh, the ATC part of ATC, yeah, that's cool. Yes. So when they did the shuttle swap, they had landed it at Dulles, and they actually have a um, they have a connection taxiway um, to Dulles because it's how they get everything in. So they can just basically ship it over, and um, uh, they do a lot of like they did like fly-in days, um, usually around like Father's Day as well. It was like for a while it was like become a pilot day and turn into something else, and so they'd have the whole ramp outside would turn into this area for all kinds of planes to fly in. And so they had this whole opening, you know, day and stuff and they'd have like Marine one there and, um, you know, awesome stuff like that too. Cause they just fly into Dulles. So that's cool to have cool. a, a, a semi live petting zoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. The aviation geeks petting zoo. That's awesome. So I, w- I want to hit that. I want to hit that up with the kid this year and I want to go to the one in the mall. Um, the National Mall, because the old one, you know, the originals, still the original, still has a place in my heart. Although Udvar Hazi is definitely like, 
Yeah, we went to we went to that one with you, um, mm-hmm. the one downtown. Uh, but Udvarhazi just blows it away. It's it's night and day. Of yeah. course, the one downtown is is seems to have it has a lot more space to it. Obviously, um, space labs in there and a bunch of other stuff that's really cool to to space travel. But uh, but Udvarhazi, as far as aviation is concerned, incredible. Definitely a bucket list item if you haven't ever seen it and you're into into aviation museums. That one's got to be one of the best up there. I'd still really, really like to go to, what is it, Ohio, to the uh, Air, Air Force Dayton. Museum? Yeah. 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 I hear that's fantastic. Yeah, they just they just finally, they opened up, I think it's the third hangar. They just, they finish it and open it up. I, I don't know if it's open to the public right now because of the way the world is right now, but I think once things settle down, I think they're going to open it, open it up to the public. Nice. But they're all full. It's, yeah. It's awesome. I went, I went when I was a kid. So like, I, I remember bits of it. Um, cause I think that's when they had, they had the original like air force one, um, and stuff like that there, but I really want to go back. So maybe one year I'll just drive to Osh again and hit that up on the way. They, they have a, uh, um, I think I'm gonna. I'm trying to pull this out of my out of my back of my brain, but I think it's a the B-57 Valkyrie. I, I I don't know if that's the correct number, but it's the one that's like a big. It's almost like a, like, like the Concord. It's almost like yeah, the Concord. Yeah, Concord. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I know it's the Valkyrie, and I I, I think I, Val. I know Valkyrie's right, but I don't know the number. It might be yeah, 47 like or something like that. But anyway, but but they have one of those there that. Uh, it's supposed to be super clean right now too. Very cool. The XB seventy. XB. There you the, go. There you go. It's an X plane. Well, um, I think we're a little over an hour now or so. Anything uh, we need to uh, cover that uh, we've missed? Hoping that we can go back to air show season. Oh, and good Lord, yes. I would love to see uh, the world get back to normal. Yep. Sooner yeah. than later. The uh, we we just had a, another local air show that's supposed to be coming up canceled already. Of course, it's an early year one, so no one expected it to get going anyway. So, I, I, it makes me happy that Osh is at you know August at this point. So it's like Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. Pushing that far out, and ho- hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we had that that herd immunity. We. Uh, I had an uh, offline conversation with a, uh, a friend of ours, Chris, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he told me they're, they, they think they're going to be shooting for 60 to 80 percent is the target that they're before, when we start to get herd immunity. So yeah, go get your go get your uh, your your uh, vaccine. Go get-, get your vaccine. Get them often. <laughs> exactly. Get your shot. Get it Definitely. often. <laughs> And our one data point here is it's been safe so far. If Lind- if anybody was going to have a reaction to it, it'd be Lindsay. She's actually been perfectly fine. <laughs> what are you well, saying? She has a reaction to she, everything. She, she's allergic to everything else, huh? Okay. Yeah. So it was like it went perfectly fine for her. So I was like, all right, you're, you were the one I was worried about. So it's it's great. She get the Pfizer or so, the Moderna. Uh, she had the Pfizer. Yeah. My brother-in-law got the Moderna. Very good. And smarter people are working on this, and it seems to be going well. So there's hope for for all of us. Very much. Can't well, wait to see everyone. Yeah. We should I mean, maybe start. Do you remember going places? 
<laughs> that was neat. We uh, so so one more story. So um, I don't know. A few months uh, a few months ago, we 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 sold our old um our old fifth wheel and we bought another one. Um, except for and and my wife was out of town and she's like, well, if you think it's if you think if you think it's good, just get it. I was like, okay. So I bought it myself, you know, without her seeing it. Um, it's it was a 38 foot fifth wheel. Um, it was a 2013, but I don't think it had ever been washed or waxed. I mean, it was hurting, but it looked like there was some potential there and I got it for a good enough price. They were asking for 18 or something like that. And I got it for 17. So 17 grand, it's 2013, 38 foot, beautiful. It was a bunkhouse. So had a, had a, had a, um, it would sleep like 10 people. It had two bathrooms, two air conditioning systems, pretty nice unit. So but like I like said, a good thing to bring to Oshkosh. There you go, right? Yeah. Um, but it was rough on the outside. So the very first thing I did was go take it to uh, a uh, a detail shop that does detailing on on RVs and and uh, stuff like that. So they had it for one whole week, seven days. They worked on it. Twelve hundred and fifty bucks later, and it was shining like a pretty new penny. Not a new penny, but it was pretty good. Um, they'd got the majority of the oxidation off and it was looking pretty good and, and they coated the roof and and um and um um did the carpeting on the inside. We kept it ten weeks and sold it. <laughs> we took it we took it like two places. I and I took it that one time to Flagstaff, so I used it three times and Michelle's like, Oh, it's too big, it's too big. I'm like, You're not even the one dragging it around. I don't know what you're complaining about, but like 'cause cause we tried to take it to that place up in Cottonwood again and it took me an hour to get it backed up underneath these trees because the tree limbs were so low that I had to have somebody stand on top of my roof and lift the tree up as I'm backing up while he's on the R V to keep it from scraping. <laughs> right can you imagine that in your head it was ridiculous um it was a real pain in the butt but not most places aren't going to be like that but that's just how that one particular park is it's got some overgrown trees so it says no rvs over like 10 feet tall and this thing was like 13 feet tall or something like that so anyways i was like fine we'll sell it and end up selling it for 24.5 so i flipped it and made five grand on it so we're out we have no rv right now um so we're in the market. So back out there looking for another uh, another bunk house. RV10. <laughs> yes, that's the one I like. <laughs> can can I get one for twenty four, twenty five thousand? You think? I can get I I get parts of one anyways. It's smaller than the last one, honey. Yeah, faster, a lot faster. Right. Yeah, no bathrooms. <laughs> I'm sure you'll manage. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the uh, RV the the RV uh, fifth wheel story of the day. Anyway, always an adventure. Well, good talking to you guys. Look forward yep. to uh, doing it again. Yeah. Um, get some uh, get some seat time behind a, a plane with a with a uh, with a prop in it to blow the wind in your hair or something. I don't know. Hair. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. John, is John the only one that actually has working hair up there? I'm I'm out. I think you're the only one. The rest of us kind of keep it pretty low. I still have hair, but it's pretty short. <laughs> I'm gonna need a haircut soon. It's getting long. It's enough out of your smart mouth. 
<laughs> I, I'd, I'd reached the point partway through the pandemic. I was like, do I do I bother getting it cut or do I just let it grow out? <laughs> it's shaggy. Yeah, I had shoulder I had shoulder length hair in college. So, <laughs> uh, well, I think we'll uh, we'll uh, call it a podcast, shall we, guys? Sounds good. We should probably hang it up then. Let's get back in the air and let's sit around the campfire drinking some beers at Osh. That'd be. Uh, I'm down with that. This year could turn it around. I am down with that. All right. So go ahead and wrap this up then. Let everybody know where they can find us uh, since everyone's forgotten, I'm sure. Chris, we'll start with you. Well, uh, I am still on the Twitter machine, yet to be banned. Uh, you can find me at uh, AZ. That's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. Um, you can find us at the uh, In the Pattern Podcast uh, Facebook page. Um, and um, you can email us at, uh, email me at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. Uh, as long as you don't say an Airbus looks pretty, I think you'll be okay on that band uh, <laughs> band side there. Uh, Brad, how about you? Uh, you can reach me at brad at inthepatternpodcast.com. Every once in a while, I show up on Twitter and tweet out something that's fairly meaningless uh, at Brad Kane. And you can also find me on the Facebook. Uh, and that's uh, Kane is spelled Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November just like it sounds. All right, Mark, how about you? Yeah, I'm not on the Twitter machine anymore. I had to give that up for Lent. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Instagram as CF underscore pilot Mark. Um, you can get me on the In The Pattern Facebook page. Um, I did go back to Facebook, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but uh, I'm on there on, on, the, on my personal one. You can always look me up by my name. And uh, always uh, mark at inthepatternpodcast.com. All right. And for me, you can find me at John at inthepatternpodcast.com, on Twitter at Pilot Conway, um, on Facebook at, I think, John O. Conway the fourth or something like that. Um, for the entire podcast, you can reach all of us at podcast at inthepatternpodcast.com. We are on Twitter's In The Pattern or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash inthepatternpodcast. Uh, send any suggestions, comments, critiques. We'd love to get any feedback from all of our listeners. And for that, we'll wrap up episode 77 of the In The Pattern Podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Remember, make left traffic. You're cleared for the option. Did you have to read that off of a piece of paper? Or do you still know it? Oh, I have it written down in a note that I always pull up. <laughs> I was going to say, you had to have that written down because I can't, that flowed way too well. <laughs> I, that was beautiful, John. Sound like you always do. Yeah. It's, it's, I've had it written down since, uh, actually, this template has episode 51 written in it. Are we the ASMR podcast now? Can he whisper there we go. like oh, yeah. what that, he's doing? That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the End of the Pattern Podcast ASMR version. Yeah, that'd be great. Listen to the Brussels sprouts frying. <laughs> now we put the glaze on. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start.